the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you seeking after and desiring to be used by God in the midst of your everyday life? Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Yes, when we come to Jesus, if we would only let him have his way in our life, what is God's plan for you? What is his real calling in your life? Are you allowing that to happen? Are you saying, no, my will over his? For in Jesus, he is to increase as we should be willingly able to say, I decrease, Lord. I am willing for you to have your will in my life, to do his will and not ours. Well, today, as we continue in our study here through the gospel of John, chapter 3, notice in verse 26, John's disciples said, Jesus is just right up the road here, and everybody's going to him. They were worried. The crowds had ceased. The buzz was over. They were saying, what's happening to our ministry here? Because if you remember when John the Baptist was first out in the wilderness, oh my goodness, everyone was just throwing at him. They're saying, wow, look at this prophet out there. He's full of fire. He's preaching. And it's like everyone was going to him in the wilderness because the dead religion had taken over all of the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day. And so when they found this man that was on fire out there, everyone was running to him. But now everyone's leaving him. And now everyone's going to Jesus. And, and John the Baptist, his, his disciples are saying, what's happening to the ministry here? The people are gone. But this is where John the Baptist, he could have complained, you would think, right? I mean, he was the man. He was the, the one that was greater than all the prophets of the Old Testament, the greatest to ever walk on earth, besides Jesus, of course. Everybody was coming to him. Why? Again, because he spoke with power. He spoke with great authority. And remember, he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God in his mother's womb. You remember, uh, Elizabeth was already pregnant with him when Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to visit her. And when she saw Mary realizing that she was carrying the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the baby inside of her, John the Baptist, leapt inside of her and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, the people used to line up for days to be baptized by John the Baptist. There was a revival going on. It was fresh and it was alive. The people of God were returning to their maker. But now everything has changed. Now everyone's following Jesus. That's what they're supposed to do. But John's disciples are saying, what do we do? 
Yet this is why Jesus came. And even John the Baptist said in chapter 1 that he was not the light. He told him, I'm not the light. I have only come to bear witness of the true light that's coming. For Jesus was the light. Also in chapter 1 verse 9, you know, John the Baptist said that Jesus came to enlighten every man. That's why Jesus came. To enlighten us. You know, that word enlighten in the New American Standard or gives light in the King James Bible is an interesting word because in the original language, it means to bring and to give. It's to illuminate. It's to make us see. This is what's so wonderful about coming into a relationship with Christ. He wants to illuminate us. He wants us to see things that we wouldn't normally see. How can we look into the spiritual and understand what God means? How can we really know the God of all eternity when we live in a world that is so distant from God? It's through the Holy Spirit. Because he came to illuminate us. He came to cause us to see things that we wouldn't normally see. That we could actually know God. Yes, John the Baptist could have been upset. He could have been jealous, even envious of Jesus. He could have thought, what am I going to do now? Where am I going to go? Yet we, like John the Baptist, must be careful when change happens. Why? Well, for a couple reasons. Number one, we don't like change, right? Especially if it's a lesser you know, view of things or a lesser position. We don't like that to happen in our lives. And number two, we don't like getting passed over or being not being noticed for all that we do. Why again? Because we like attention. Yet with John the Baptist, we see why Jesus said this about him in Matthew 11. He, he, Jesus said, there was no one greater, no other greater prophet than John the Baptist. And because of that, he immediately sets his disciples straight. He tells him in verse 27, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from above. What a great point that is that he makes. He says, I was only great. I only had the big crowds. People came to listen to me is only because of him. It was only because of his anointing. It was only because of the Holy Spirit. You know, people have come to me at times and said, that was a great Bible study because it was a great text. It was a great text. It's like, Lord, don't let me butcher the greatest message you've ever given us on the planet in this book right here. And so it's like, only he gets the glory for things. I love what the Apostle Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 7. He says, for who regards you as superior? And what do you have that you did not receive? But if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Because people will say, you know, I'm such a great singer. I'm such a great, you know, actor. I'm such a great this. Maybe you've been very successful in your business, whatever you do. Maybe you're very good at what you do. And you think to yourself, you know, I'm so good. Look at me. Look what I've been able to accomplish. Look at this business that I built from scratch and all of these things. But don't you realize that everything you have has been given to you? It's a gift. Everything that you have, the ability to work. The mind that creates a job for us. You know, all of those things are a gift from God. He's the one who gives us the ability to move, to speak, to think, to contemplate. All of these things, it's all a gift of God. So how can any of us ultimately really take credit for anything that we do? And so it goes for in the church also. 
If you have been given a gift to encourage other believers as a believer and you come alongside people or you have a gift of prayer and you're always praying for people, don't take credit for that for yourself. It was all a gift from God. And he simply used you as a vessel to bless someone else. Maybe you have a real giving heart and you've blessed other people financially. Well, praise God for that because you've become a good steward of his finances. So he's entrusted you with that so you could bless. But don't pat yourself on the back. God has given you that. That's what John was saying. Look, everything that you saw in me, he's telling his disciples, there was all a gift from God. I'm a servant to do the will of God. All that he desires me to do. I'm not envious of Jesus. I'm not jealous of him. John the Baptist was saying, I know my place. I have done my appointed task. I was called from the foundation of the world with this purpose, to prepare the way of the Christ, the Messiah. And that's what I have done. I was not called to compete with him. I was only called to serve him. And that's what we need in the church, is servants, People that are willing to serve. You know, when people pull into this parking lot, we have a tiny parking lot. And so it's like we have parking lot servants out there that are that are directing cars so we can maximize our small parking area you know we have security we have lapd police officers you know we have a man named john in fact he's right here in the front he you know he oversees our security department you know and it's like we have ushers we have greeters we have all your children that are being taught they're not being babysat in there they're being taught the word of god on their level we have children i have children in this ministry i call them mine it's like and they have more scripture memorized than many of you have memorized it's amazing these little minds they they memorize scripture and they get little bible gifts and everything we give them all these little goods and gifts but who's teaching those kids it's volunteers you know the people that run the the screens the video cameras you know everything that we do here In the midst of whatever you are in life and whatever occupation you hold, are you seeking after and desiring to be used by God in the midst of your everyday life? At work? At home? In your leisure time? Are you fulfilling his calling in your life? God wants to use all of us in that capacity. Are you fulfilling his calling in your life? And when God does use you, you know, do you always give him the glory and the honor? Do we praise him for the fruit that comes out of our lives? Hey, listen, I've talked to a lot of people and I've led a lot of people to Christ, but it's not because of me. It's because of the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you, I've, I've talked to people where I thought, man, I got this verse down and that verse down. And I just went systematically through and they just looked at me like, yeah, whatever. And they walked away. And then there's been other times I talk like porky pig. I could barely get it out. And the person gave their life to Christ. So it's all the Lord. It is all him. You know, and it's like, and don't ever look at someone and say, you know, I'd never sin like that, brother. Uh, watch out. You never know. The Bible says this in Proverbs 16, 18. He says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. God went on in the next verse in Proverbs 16, 19 and says, it is better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Yes, John knew and he accepted his place and his position in life. He was a servant. He was not the master. Let me ask you, 
Are you here in this life to serve or to be served? Because in all honesty, we kind of like to be served, don't we? I mean, have you ever had the nice hotel and you got the nice place and, you know, whatever it is? Because we do a lot of points. And so, you know, me and my wife have stayed at some nice hotels because we get the free points. And then it's like you stay at a nice hotel and they're, yes, how can I serve you? Yes, I like that. Serve me. <laughs> it's like, but it's like in life, God has called us to serve. He's called us to give up of our time. John the Baptist was here to serve, and he rejoiced in his calling from God. He said in verse 29 that Jesus is the bridegroom, and we all know that the bride is the church. It's you and me. Yet John was more than happy to be the best man standing to the side. He was called to assist in God's eternal plan for the salvation of all humanity. Know this, we are all called to do the same. God allows us to be vessels. It's like you think, oh man, it's like God's making me serve him. No, God's not making you. It's a great privilege to serve him. He allows us to serve him, to serve him as he reaches out through us, in and through us with his great love to this sin-filled world that's dying all around us. He's entrusted us with the gospel message that God came to the earth to die for the sin of all humanity, of each and every one of us. He died on the cross for us. John the Baptist was not going to step in the way of that message. So he sums up his entire ministry and his whole life in verse 30. What does he say again? He must increase and I must decrease. Jesus has to increase. I'm no longer relevant now. And we're all called to do the same because we all come to Jesus in many ways, do we not? And we all have a little extra baggage that we came with. We come to Jesus with our emptiness. We come to him with our loneliness. We come to Jesus with our sin and our guilt and our shame. We come to him with our fears and anxiety. We come to him with pain and grief. We come to him with our addictions and our vices. And yet God does what? He promises not to turn one of us away. But once we come to him, and once we all start the process that John so fully understood, we must decrease as he increases in our lives. Understand, there can only be one master in each of our lives. There's only room for one. Who is your master? Is it Jesus or is it you? Who's the master of your life? Who's the majority stockholder inside of your heart? Because if Jesus is not Lord of all, he might not be Lord at all. Yes, change was going to happen for John the Baptist. Both Jesus and John the Baptist were preachers of righteousness. Yet John's course was coming to an end as Jesus was just beginning here. John was losing the crowds along with all his disciples while Jesus was consumed in the crowds and was gaining disciples. John was fading like a star that was fading. Yet Jesus was like the sun rising on a new era. No longer would man be separated from God through his own sin. For God had come to the earth as a man, and he, the creator, was going to die for his creation for you and me. John understood this completely. Let's read what he says next here in verse 31. He who comes from above, Jesus who comes from above, 
is above all. That shouldn't be hard to understand, right? Jesus is above all. Yeah. And he who is of the earth, talking about himself, is from the earth. And I speak of the earth. He who comes from heaven, again, is above all. What he has seen and heard, of that he bears witness. And no man receives his witness. He who has received his witness has set his seal to this, that God is true. When you receive Jesus, then you understand that God is true. His word is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For he gives the spirit to him without measure. It's like he just lays it alone. I'm from the earth. I'm from the world. He's from above. He's in charge of everything. John the Baptist ends this chapter with this little comparison. For John the Baptist was a man from the earth. Just like he said in verse 31. And according to verse 30, Jesus again must increase while John must decrease. And again, you know, why must Jesus increase? Well, John gives us five good reasons in these final few verses. In verse 31, number one, Jesus had a heavenly origin. He comes from above, therefore he is above all. Number two, verse 32, Jesus has seen and heard all things firsthand with his own eyes and his own ears. Why? Because he is God. Number three, verse 33 and 34, Jesus has the witness of heaven. He has the seal of God and he speaks truth and truth only. Number four, verse 34, Jesus has an unlimited source of the Holy Spirit that's been given to him. It's without measure. Nothing is impossible for him. 1 Corinthians 3.16, by the way, says that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Do you not know that you're the temple of God? Do you not know that the Spirit of God dwells in you also? So we can be vessels of great honor to him because a peace of God is inside of us. A peace and the power is inside of us. And finally, number five, verse 31 again, he comes from above and Jesus is above all names. Remember what it says in Philippians 2, 10 and 11? It says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. People on earth say, he's not my Lord. I'm not gonna follow him. Oh, well, you might say that in this life. But in the next life, you will bow before Jesus Christ and you will confess that he is Lord with your own tongue. You will bow before him because that will happen to every single person on the planet. The problem is if you don't bow to it here, you bow to it there, you will say it differently. You will say, oh, Jesus is Lord. He is. Oh, how did I miss that? Oh my goodness. As you'll be banished from him for all eternity. We are warned to follow God. Now, progressive Christians don't like this. It's like, no, the Bible is just all love. Jesus just love everybody. Live any kind of lifestyle you want. God is love. It's just love, 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 love. It's like, hold on. God says, we have to repent. And if we don't repent, you're not getting God's love. You have to turn from sin or they're not getting God's love. So how does he end this chapter? Look at verse 35. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. Oh, you can't say Jesus anywhere 
Boy, it's amazing. You can say Buddha, you can say, you know, Muhammad, you can say everything in this world, but you start talking Jesus, boy, I'll tell you, it's going to get you in trouble. But if you don't follow Jesus, then the wrath of God will follow you. Everyone who downs Jesus, everyone who rejects him, the wrath of God will follow you. Yes, Jesus must increase. He is from above. He is above all. He came to the earth to die for his own creation. And we are of the earth. We have no hope of making it on our own. There's no way we can get to heaven on our own. That's why we must come to him. For who are we really on our own? Who are we really? Why should any of us be allowed to go to heaven? Because we're good? Good, really? In whose eyes are we good? Who do we compare ourselves with? Because God commands perfection. Think about that. Think of the magnitude of perfection. It has to be perfect. It can't be flawed, even in the slightest. I mean, we are flawed, so heavily flawed. Now, many of us camouflage the flaws in our lives, and and we try to be good, and we should try to be good, especially as Christians, we should try to be good. We should try to change our nasty attitude and be loving and kind, and yes, absolutely, but to say that we're perfect on our own, impossible. But Jesus bore our sin. He bore it on the cross, he, we trade in our, our, our filthy rags and he gives us righteousness. The word righteousness means in right standings with God. We are made righteous as believers. We are in right standings. God has made us pure and holy because of his blood that he shed, not because of anything that we've done. And those who try to get in another way besides Jesus, you're going to be left with the obvious problem. You're not going to make it because you're not perfect. And your sin will always show forth. The Bible says we've all sinned. And that, again, is why Jesus came. Let me read you what it says in Hebrews 1. Just the first couple verses of Hebrews. And it says in chapter 1, verse 1, it says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many ways, he spoke through Moses, Abraham, Elijah, Elisha, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel. He spoke in many ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And I had Jehovah's Witnesses come to my door yesterday, proclaiming that Jesus was Michael the archangel. And I was like, no. <laughs> so they tried to bring up verses where God is talking to the son and the son talking to God. And they you know, tried to bring up these few verses like that. And you could, t- you could take this too. You know, in the last days, God has spoken to us in his son. Okay, God has spoken to us in his son, which he appointed above all things. And he, talking about the son, Jesus, he's the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. And when he had made purifications of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty. Look, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty. Could you continue to read? Continue to read having become as much better than the angels, for to which of the angels did God ever say, thou art my son, today I have begotten thee, but of the son, God says, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Here's God calling the son God. Wow, great proof text for who Jesus really is. Amen and amen to that. Yes, Jesus, he did increase. Because he was God in the flesh. 
He came from heaven and he came to die. And those who believe in him have eternal life. Yet for those who do not obey, what does he say? The last line in this chapter. The wrath of God will fall on you. Yes, we are warned to follow. God does not want to judge us. That's why he came and died for our sins. He wants not anyone to perish, but that all come to repentance. That's why he came. But we must repent. We must say, God, I'm willing to turn from my sin. God, I'm willing to change my lifestyle. If you're willing to do that, if the people you know at your work, if the people that are surrounded by you, the people that are your neighbors, your friends, your neighbors, your family members, if they are willing, God will give them the road of repentance and they can be counted in God's kingdom. But if they don't, if they're not willing to decrease and Jesus cannot increase in their life, then they will not have eternal life, and the wrath of God will abide in them. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.